if you don't need the degree, you can learn anything you want online now. I mean, it's just all, it's so open and available. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Power Play. And on today's episode, I am joined by Chris Killian. Chris is a songwriter, stand-up comedian, and the host for Comic Book. Chris tours the country performing for comedy clubs and colleges everywhere. He has shared the stage with Chris Hardwick, Doug Benson, John Reap, and plenty more. He has even opened up for Steve-O from Jackass and WWE superstar Mick Foley. Killian now hosts a show on YouTube on the comicbook.com channel where he discusses nerd news updates. If you guys want to check out more about Chris Killian, I left a link down below to his Instagram, so go ahead and drop him a follow, as well as a link to the comic book website and a link to Comic Book's YouTube channel. So go ahead and check out those two things as well. And guys, before we do dive into today's episode, if you guys are listening on Spotify, go ahead and drop a follow. And if you're listening on Apple, go ahead and leave a like rating and a review. Let's dive into it. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Power Play. On today's episode, I am joined by Chris Killian. Dude, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. Yeah, what's up, Joe? How you doing, man? Good, man. I am doing well. Uh, to start things off here, I looked up some stuff about you. Um, you are the host of comicbook.com on YouTube. You're a songwriter and you're a stand-up comedian. But the first thing I wanted to touch up on here today was your stand-up comedy, because I feel like you've been doing that for the longest, if give or take. Yeah, 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 sure. So how did you get involved in stand-up and where is that taking you today? Uh, dude, uh, stand-up was just was almost kind of a fluke, to be honest. I was, I was like going to college. Uh, and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I just thought I'll just go to college until I get like a doctorate or something. And cause I, I didn't know. So I was, I was just going to teach. And, uh, when I was working on my master's, I actually, uh, there's a, there's a local comedy club, uh, called Zanies that I just, I, I got it. I don't know. I was playing stupid songs to entertain my friends and stuff. And they were like, you should try doing that with stand up. And, and so I ended up going to Zanies and, and, and just, trying it out on a whim and the guy who owns the club was like you want to come host here and Danny's is like an a room so yeah. like, I mean, all, at the time you know the top comics were like daniel tosh and louis ck and guys like that you know greg geraldo people and 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 so um that's a big deal to like just start hosting there and i didn't even i had no clue that like it was i was like this was so easy to get my foot in the door no no problem whatsoever and uh, and I just started hosting there, and and it just kind of snowballed from there, man. Like when I started hosting at Zanies, other smaller clubs were like, "Oh, well, if he's hosting at Zanies, he must be hilarious." And little did they know, I have no material. So <laughs> I just kept, you know, I I just kept lying and saying, "Yeah, I could, I can fill yeah. it. I can do that, sure." And it just, and and then you know, ten years later, man, I've been all over the the world doing it, and uh, and worked with like some of my favorite comedians, you know, you could imagine. So, I mean, I've opened up for just hundreds of, uh, of people and, uh, and, and, and had people that are now doing really good. Who's opened up for me. You know I mean? It's just, it's kind of crazy, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, I just sort of, I mean, it's a weird answer to say I sort of fell into it, but that's kind of, that's, that's just how it happens. You know, like you and I were talking before last night too, how my podcast got started. I just started on the whim, dude. I was just like, you know what? My cousin, he's like, just started the podcast. I was like, all right. And here we are what almost a year later and like i love it and like i'm sure you love you know do being a comedian doing stand-up like it's just something you just fell into and it kind of just happened but i mean that's when you know the best moments happen you just kind of fall into it and you grow a passion for it and you just end up loving it at the end yeah yeah for sure i know i i mean 
ever since I started hosting, I've been hosting for comic book now for about four years. Yeah. And, uh, so when I, when I started hosting for comic book, I mean, that's a, it's a full-time gig. So uh, my standup got a little more selective. And so I would go out like once or twice a month to do standup. And then, I mean, ever since COVID happened, I haven't done standup since. I'm I, so so it's been like uh, over a year now since I've done stand up, which is real weird for me to say. So I don't even know if it, I can call myself a stand up comic anymore. I still have plans to go back and do it again. Um, I especially now that I've kind of cultivated this nerd audience with comedy. Yeah, like I'd like to start doing like shows at like comedy. You definitely can. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. But um, but all in due time, I'm, no, I'm in no rush to get back to civilization just yet. So <laughs> yeah, well, they don't host any. Uh like stand-up shows over zoom do they right that might be a little weird yeah no they do they do they suck oh my god that's why awkward as hell i've done a couple of them because there were some colleges that wanted to book me to do them and and i i even had my own laugh track that i would just play after every joke that i would i would just play a laugh (laughs) just to drown out the the deafening soul-crushing silence from from a bunch of students who have their screens blacked out and don't want to interact it's the worst i couldn't imagine and I knew it was. Look, it was just yeah. a page. I knew going in that I was like, this is the worst format for stand-up ever. But I've seen stand-up comics. It, I try to treat it at least like a like a Zoom call, like like a podcast, like you and I are doing right now. Yeah. I just tried to just I was just talking to them and I would riff some jokes and whatever. But I've seen like stand-up uh, comics who will actually like put a brick background behind them and have a microphone and ju- try to do the whole thing. And I'm like, what are you doing? No. Yeah, it's not gonna that? work. That makes it worse. You don't even need that microphone. Everybody knows you don't need that microphone. I was talking to uh, a few weeks ago. I had Emma Woman on. She's a comedian. She lives in New York. And um, she was telling me, she's like, it's been hard. Like, just because she's, like, fully into it. She has her um, thing on Netflix. I forgot what it's called. But it's her and a bunch of comedians. And, like, they show, like, 15-minute snippets of them. And she was telling me, she's like, I, like, like she hasn't been out there because New York, they've been shut down with COVID and that affected them bad. And that's the next thing I wanted to bring up for you. You were kind of like set once COVID happened because you've been working for comic books. So like, you know, everyone's getting unemployed and people are, you know, losing money, but you're sitting here and you're just doing your own thing, hosting comic book. What, what was that like? You know, especially over COVID, were you doing more work than you were like planned out to do or? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you know, it, it, it really kind of like said everything. Um, it gave me a new perspective, for sure, right? Because before this, um, when I was doing stand up, and I was doing comic book at the same time, I mean, there was a part of me that like, I, you know, I, I was like, man, I'm just kind of wasting my time, you know, I need to be working on new material and trying to get like a Netflix special or something like that, you know. But um, when COVID happened, I, I just never really realized that like stand up, uh, stand up was my backup all the time. Like no matter what happens, I can always do stand up. Mm-hmm. And then for that to be kind of pulled away and be like, oh snap! So I can't do stand up now. Like this, this is the first time in the history of uh, stand up being a thing that you just couldn't do stand up. And so, um, at the same time, I'm doing comic book and I'm I'm putting out these consistent videos and I've got people all over the world that are like messaging me, telling me like how much my show means to them. Like it's the only, like all these movies and shows are shutting down production and and I'm doing my my show from like a studio in my in my house mm. and it's become like the only consistent thing that people have in their lives and they're telling me how much it means to them and that it's keeping them sane and all these kinds of 
things. And I was, so it just put like a really new found perspective for like an appreciation for what I was doing. And I think that's one reason why I've been so hesitant to jump back into standup is because, I, you know, I, I've had, I've actually canceled some, some shows that I had planned um, and the clubs are open again, but I, I have a lot of friends who are stand up and I, part of me felt, I don't know, just kind of weird taking a job that another standup could be doing, you know what I mean? Like a week. Yeah. 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 That like, I, cause I'm set right now, you know? So I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe I should just do what I'm doing and let, let some of my friends and, 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 and coworkers for lack of a better word, you know, like fellow mm-hmm. standups, you know, they can let them try to, you know, they're, they're more serious about it right now than I am. Right. So, so, you know, it felt kind of selfish of me to take like, uh, work when there's yeah yeah you know going on I understand yeah and like a lot of people look at COVID I've realized like a negative standpoint like yeah there's positives and negatives to everything but sure. for guys in our position or ladies in our position who have run a podcast or you know run a show on YouTube whatever it may be it's opened up so many doors for people to start and try new things like when we were stuck at home for the three months or whatever it was and you know people barely went out and like I just saw so many online businesses and so many people taking so many opportunities like once I started my podcast back in June it's almost been a year now which is even crazy to think about I saw so many other podcasts starting and I was like dude people just like you have to find a way and you know desperate times you know desperate measures and like it just it created that whole sense of i guess you can say urgency and it's really brought a new perspective for me as well so i know exactly where you're coming from when you say you're hosting um on comicbook.com and you know you're having all these videos go up and i have a small audience obviously not as big as yours because you know you're reaching out to millions of people daily if that and um I've gotten a few messages like, you know, your show means a lot. And this is really cool. I love what you're doing. Like it's keeping me kind of sort of sane during COVID. And like, it's such a, it's a cool experience once someone messaged you and they're like, dude, you like, like, thank you. Oh, for sure. It's, it's very, it's very rewarding, especially like when I was initially looking at what I was doing is it's just such a, it's just such a short-term thing. Like what is the legacy of what I'm doing? Right. Like you get to an age where you're like, am I putting out anything of value into the world and the thing that I do I do a daily nerd news show so it's like you know I I just had this feeling of like I'm putting this out and then in 24 hours it's worthless like nobody nobody's gonna go back and watch all these you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. and it just felt I was feeling very like why am I doing this this feels like a giant waste of time it's just a paycheck and then and then but but it was the appreciative messages of people through COVID you know, that were like, oh, wow, this is the only thing that I have to look forward to right now. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, and that turned everything around for me. And really, like, it, I, it gave me some sort of like sense of obligation to, uh, yeah. to, to keep putting out Doing it, yeah. that I can do, you know? Yeah. Well, they put a whole new perspective on things. That is for sure. Um, but the next thing I wanted to ask you was you've done some interviews yourself, correct? Like you've met some pretty awesome people um because i was looking at you know obviously on youtube look up your name and like a list of comicbook.com comes up like all you know the recent like no news and stuff but i was looking at some of your interviews you've done you've met like big dudes you know you met john cena uh just crazy names that you never thought you'd meet but do you have one interview that like or favorite person that you've met like this dude was really cool to talk to he's really down to earth yeah, I've met a, a, a crap ton of people, but I mean, the the peak for me so far has been Jim Carrey. 
Um, yeah. I did an interview with Jim Carrey, and I made him laugh a couple of times in the interview. And as a stand-up comic, I mean, I, I was just like, it just set me up for life. I'm like, nobody's <laughs> like, bomb every show from here on out. And I'm going to be like, well, you guys can just F off because I made Jim Carrey laugh. I don't really care what you think. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just such a, he's such a hero of mine. And so to be able to like get a laugh out of him was just cloud nine, dude. Like, can't tell you how long that high lasted. Where did you, did you interview Jim Carrey for the Sonic movie? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I thought it was. Now, was that interview like, did you have to, did you travel for that or that was like? Yeah, I was, that was in LA. Ah, that's that awesome. Actually, that happened just maybe a, like a couple months before COVID hit and everything got shut down. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. I would love to interview Jim Gary. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to talk to a lot of people, but by far he's like just somebody that, you know, is just, I looked up to him. I watched all his movies all through the nineties and, you know, still, and, and, and he's just such a comedic force that, uh, is it, it was a, it was a huge honor to get to talk to that guy. Is there a close second? Uh, you know, I don't know. No, I'm not close, but <laughs> I, I did. I did like, um, I like talking to John uh, Cena quite a bit. I mean, cause John Cena um, gave me all the time. I think we talked for like 15 minutes and. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so uh, he was super cool and he was like as much time as you want you know i'm in no hurry and so i was like all right i'll take you up on it and we just you know shot it for a while i liked him a lot uh one time i got to talk to john cusack about um about high fidelity which is one of my favorite movies and uh and he yeah so i mean stuff like that is like really really cool for me it, it's stuff that i think like maybe is not as cool for other people but because i'm a fan of those people that it's like a oh i get it completely yeah yeah especially when you like when you meet someone uh, such of that stature and it's just it's a like i've yet to do one in person so i can only imagine what's gonna be like once i do one in person you know yeah. and like this is cool for me doing over zoom because like you know i'm seeing the person i used to do it with my phone right here at app anchor so connected with spotify and like i'd hear their voices but doing it over zoom is like a different level but then really meeting them in person it's like holy shit like this, these dudes are larger than life and it's like crazy especially john cena i saw um your interview with him or whatever snippet on youtube or instagram whatever it was he's a big dude he's a big dude. dude yeah he, so when you same together it's uh it's very noticeable dude i think if you stack us on top of each other i wouldn't even be tall enough it, yeah big maybe, enough probably not yeah no, because I'm because I'm three foot two, and I'm about I'm, three one. Okay, so yeah, yeah no. we, we make it close maybe maybe <laughs> together. But that's the next thing I wanted to touch up on was comic book. Where now you know, as a kid, everyone's into pop culture and you know, kids, you know, superheroes really. And but when did you really get involved into pop culture itself? Because like you have to know what's going on daily because you run it. You know, basically, it's news. It's nerd news. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you asking like when I started? Yeah, yeah. When did you take more of like an oath to like you know I love this. I want this to consume me. Oh, I don't know that I ever wanted to consume me. Uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> believe me. I think when I stop doing a daily show, I will probably delete my social media for about six months and just like I like I need a break. You know what I mean? Like it's it it is it's a fun job. It's an awesome yeah. job. It is different, like doing it as a job versus like, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll, one, I remember when I, when I turned 16, 
and I, I got my driver's license. This is going to age me a little bit, but I got my driver's license and I drove to the theater for the first time by myself. I just wanted to drive to a movie theater. Um, and the closest movie theater where I, I was at was like 40 minutes away from me. And I, you know, I went there and based on just the poster, I went to go see Jeepers Creepers, which mm. I freaking, like I watched it and I love that movie and I had such a fun time and, and um, had no idea about it going in. And I remember, I remember, I didn't know anything about X-Men when I went to the theater, right? I just saw the poster yeah. and I was like, oh shit, there's an X-Men movie. What? Like I had no, I didn't see a trailer. I didn't, I didn't know about that news coming you know so there's part of me that misses like not knowing what's coming versus like now when i'm so uh unindated um what's the word i'm just it's just so absorbing like for me now like where i have to know every little rumor that's that's being talked about every little cameo that you know we're gonna have like there's no surprises anymore yeah and I and, and I miss that I, I miss you know how exciting it is to just go to the theater and and be like well that's out that's cool yeah I didn't know that. um and uh and so I, yeah to answer your question I, like I mean it's been a long time that I've been into it but I do miss not being into it yeah I understand that that's the next thing I want to ask you now do you like have to know everything that's going on or comic book kind of helps like the business kind of helps you like with the rumors and stuff because it's a lot to take in when it comes to pop culture because there's a lot of stuff going on you know phase four just got announced few days ago and like out of the blue and it's like you know now we got to make a show on this what's that like for you is it ever overwhelming uh, it's yeah every day man i write a daily show it's uh it, i've tried to explain to people like i don't think people really understand the the how difficult it is to be so consistent to, to, to make a full on show. And granted, it's not a full on show in the sense that our show is anywhere between like three to five minutes a day. So it's not, it's not crazy, but I, it is a monologue. Right. And so yeah. there's a reason why late night hosts have like 10, 20 writers at their disposal. I mean, they're, you know, they're trying to write these jokes every day for a five minute monologue. I mean, it takes work. And so, um, so yeah, it can definitely be overwhelming because some days the news isn't there and then some days, you know, it, it, it's it's just stuff that you don't know whether or not you should be, you should make jokes about it because the fans can be so fickle about certain things and yep. you know what I mean? It's, you know, it's a lot and, and I don't have anybody to shift blame onto. I mean, it's my show. I write it, I produce it, I host it. So, you know, so it's, it's a, it can be a lot sometimes. How'd you get involved with comic book? Uh, just an audition, really. Uh, I, I kind of reached a point with stand up where my my I knew I reached the ceiling, right? Where I was like, uh, like my show is great. I've got an hour long set, like everything's golden, but nobody knows who I am, and I just needed some exposure. And so I got an agent, and I started doing some commercials. And then uh, Comic Book is based out of Nashville, which is where I live. And my agent was like, Hey, you know, this website comicbook.com needs a host, and I know that you or a big nerd and you collect comic books and stuff. So are you interested? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I just auditioned for it and, uh, and, and got the, got the gig and, and it's kind of turned into more than what it was planned at the time they hired me. We were just going to do after shows for like Gotham and the flash and stuff like yeah. that, you know, like how, how uh, walking dead has talking dead. Right. We were going to yeah. do online after shows like that for, for certain shows. And that, that didn't really last very long, but the other stuff, you know, but I stuck around and, you know, kept churning out different, different video products for them and everything. 
did you ever think you'd be in this position, you know, looking back, uh, however many years when you were in college, like looking at you now, like, would you say you'd be proud of yourself back then? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's really crazy how things have gone. I mean, for example, two weeks ago, right. Um, for the Mortal Kombat release, like the original Scorpion from the 1995 movie, Chris Castamaster, the guy who played Scorpion, mm-hmm. uh, he flew from LA here and, and, and hung out at my house and we filmed sketches together and 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 watch the new mortal Kombat movie and stuff and it's like what like like i was like 10 when that movie came out and like i'd be you know that is insane if you know if i knew that i was gonna get to just chill out with with scorpion you know one day it's just little things like that you know that have kind of culminated to to where i'm at now which kind of like puts it in perspective and makes me think like wow this is a this is a cool situation i've found myself but yeah you still feel like a kid you never want to get rid of that like pinch me moment like right and you, you never want to get too big to where you're like in over in over your head over heels and you're like you know like oh i'm big bad guy you know i'm i'm having this is me this is me this is who i am but like when you like truly take it in and appreciate it you're like what is going on like i i know you felt the way when he was sitting on your couch Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, and that's part of, I think, what makes the show fun that I do, right? Is that, I, A, I try not to take it too seriously because at the end of the day, it's like, it's a nerd news show. I mean, I'm not saving lives and this, I'm not a doctor or any, you know, it's not that serious. But, but I think having like that childlike enthusiasm for this stuff, I mean, I think that that energy kind of, you're able to, you know, it's palpable. Like you can mm-hmm. share that with an audience, like, and, and they can feel if you're genuinely excited about something or if you're bullshitting them. And I, you know, and I don't want to be that way. I mean, I want to, you know, I want them to be excited and to have a good time. Yeah. Well, you got to, at the end of the day, you have to love what you do, you know, and especially when it comes to pop culture, it's easier to love what you do because you're surrounded by that. And even just the entertainment business, like I knew you had a love for standup, maybe not right away, but eventually you grew one and then it formed into other things. And that's what I wanted to touch up on next is back, you know, flashback to college. Where did you go to college for? Uh, English only because oh. I suck at math. That was it. <laughs> only because you- I literally was just like at the first day of college. I was like, uh, "What can I take with the least amount of math?" And the lady was like, "I don't know English." And I was like, "Done. Sign me up." Perfect. Yeah. So, Would you go back and do it again? Like go to college again? No way. Not even. No. no. Heck no. Uh, I just because it was a. I don't want to say it was a waste of time because everything, everything that I've done in my life has led me to where I am now. Right. So I don't want to necessarily go back and change anything. But if I was to go back and do anything, I would have started stand up a lot sooner and I would have just, uh, I would have ixnate on college. Like, I don't need that. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going, I didn't go. I decided not to. I graduated high school. Well, I think any, unless you have a career that you really need, of course, need a degree like being a doctor or you have to you know a lawyer or whatever uh if you don't need the degree you can learn anything you want online now i mean it's just all it's so open and available it for, is for anybody like it why is. why why be fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars in student debt you know if if you can just learn the crap on your own i completely agree that's why i didn't go you know i was i was gonna go i was gonna do community college 20 minutes up the road and i was gonna go for business and then i was like why because I feel like as a human, it's you take it, you know, under your umbrella to really do the things you want to do in life. If you really want to be a stand-up comedian, you're going to be a stand-up comedian. You're not going to, no one's going to tell you what, you know, 
at the end of the day, you're the only one that can stop you. And I feel like when it comes to learning, if you really truly want to learn something now, when, like you said a second ago, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a nurse, if you want to be a dentist, yes, you have to go to school because I don't want someone who's going to be a brain surgeon, you know, perform brain surgery on me having zero experience. You don't want a brain surgeon who learned everything off of, you know, YouTube. Yeah, off, yeah, exactly. Off of Wikipedia. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. But but there are certain things that like, you know, and, and to your point, I mean, it's like, it's really just a drive, right? You, mm-hmm. know, you know, there are certain things that, you know, if you want to be an actor, do you, you know, would it behoove you to go spend a bunch of money and go to Juilliard? Yeah, absolutely. But do you need to do that? No, you don't. I mean, you can, you, you can learn how to act with a, with a how-to book if, yep. you, if you want to, especially if you have a knack for it, if it's just something that you really enjoy and you're passionate about it and it clicks for you and you understand it, you know, you don't, you don't need to be uh, in crazy amounts of debt and go to the finest schools to do it. Yep. And I've talked about a a guy on my podcast uh, back at the beginning of the year, Jake Ratner, we talked about this a bit and a lot of people do it for that bumper sticker. And a lot of people want that title to say, I went here. This is the school I went to, you know, they get that hat that says USC and whatever it may be. And great. If you want to go to college, go to college. That's what you want to do. But a lot of people go to college for the wrong reasons. They go to party, they go to drink, they go to have fun. And I'm not saying that's everybody. There might be someone who goes to school to, you know, go pursue what they want to do. It's a very, very slim chance, but a lot of people go for the wrong reasons. And then, you know, they look four or five years down or whatever it may be, they're $50,000 in debt. And they're like, where the hell are I going to? They're $50,000 in debt when they barely have 2K in the bank, right? And they don't even know what they're going to do with their life. And if you want to go to college, here's my advice to everyone listening. Take a year off, find yourself first, find things you're passionate about, explore new things, even if maybe two years, one to two years, find out what you want to do. And, you know, go work at Dunkin' Donuts, go work at McDonald's, you know, sustain yourself, sustain a healthy balance between your mental health, your physical health and your financial, whatever it may be, and truly find you and what you want to do. Because a lot of people go to college and they look for answers through college. They look for, you know, I'm going to go here and I'm going to find what I want to do. No, you have to know what you want to do, but also explore in a way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I agree with that. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't start college until I was 21. Yeah. I mean, so I took that the two years or whatever off. And, uh, and when I was going to college, I still didn't know it. I was going to college because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, and there's just way cheaper answers out there. Yeah, there is. There's, especially nowadays with this right here. Like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you can like look something up and, you know, you might get a half-ass answer on Google, but like I said earlier, if you're like really determined, you're going to do it and you, no one's going to stop you. The only one who can stop you is you hundred percent. Absolutely. I agree with that. Now, one more question I wanted to ask you before we go here today. What advice could you give to someone who is looking to get involved into the entertainment business or even world of pop culture, or just anything that's put on media or social media? Uh, I mean, I think to a degree, what we just talked about, I think you sort of answered that already, right? I think that it's a matter of drive and consistency and nobody telling, you know, people are going to tell you no, and you're not taking that as an answer. I mean, I really think that that's, that's all that it, that's, that's kind of the secret formula, right? Is just like, just doing it anyway. And, and I, and I strongly believe there's a big enough audience out there for everybody. So if you, if you want to 
if you want to pursue a career like that, you just have to put yourself out into the world and that audience will eventually gravitate to you. It'll feel like it, it, it takes forever. Even when I was with comic book, when I started with comic book, I mean, the daily show that I'm doing, right? When we first started posting that, that, that thing got five, 6,000 views a day, which was like nothing, you know, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, it, it, nothing at, at all. And, and it's taken time to, it, it, honestly, it took COVID for people to really like find the show. And like now, you know, on, on, on Instagram, we're, we're doing like 150,000, 200,000 views a day and stuff like that. And so it's like, um, that's, a, you know, it just, it was consistency. That, that, Takes that, time. Yeah. Yep. Just time, consistency, and 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 trusting that there was an audience for what I was, you know, for what I was delivering. Yep. You got to be patient, and a lot of people struggle with patience, and that oh, is I, one big. Myself, I mean, you know, I totally, I totally understand, but that's that's the that's really the kicker. I mean, yep. is, is just tr- believing in yourself, and I, it sounds so cliche to say that, but you just have to trust that what you're doing um, is that you're putting out something that you'd be interested in watching or listening to and that um and that other people are going to feel the same way i mean that's how i always attacked my stand-up jokes i didn't go try most of my jokes out at open mics and and stuff like that i i i just kind of trusted my own sense of humor and i figured like well if i find something funny um somebody else will too and obviously the tweaking during shows you tweak you know, a phrase here or a phrase there, you take something out or you add something back in and, 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 it, you know, it takes time to get it perfect, but, but I did trust my sense of humor. You know, I did trust that like, if I, if I think something, and I'm kind of lazy. So if I think something's funny enough to write it down, then I'm going to trust that, you know, yeah. and just, and just somebody else and believe that there's like-minded people who will also find it funny. Yeah. And a lot of people ask the question, you know, what's the formula to success? You know, how do I become successful? How do I get that quote unquote bag? How do I get money? But they have to understand. And there's people that do. There's people that truly take an oath and they understand that it's about being patient and it's about pursuing what you want. Because when you pursue what you want, the money will come. Like I'm doing this, for example, because I love podcasting. I grew love for it maybe about a month into doing it. And like I just I grew in love with the entertainment business and networking with people and creating these conversations. And when it comes, when it comes, you know, I'm not worried about it. But it was an honor chatting you today, Chris. I loved every minute of it, man. Yeah, my pleasure, Joe. Thank you for having me on. So, Matt, thanks for coming on the show.